Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Today on Drawing Near, Jesus hangs on the cross. He is not alone. There are two others, criminals, who are crucified with him. Let us take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 23 and study From a Cross to Paradise. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, as we bow our hearts and our minds before you on this holy occasion, the occasion of looking at the cross and seeing our Lord and Savior die there for our sins, we are reminded of how unworthy we are. Father, thank you for your great love, grace, and mercy displayed to us in Jesus Christ's sacrifice, and I thank you for his obedient sacrifice, his faithfulness to you. Guide us today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Luke chapter 23, beginning in verse 32, we read these words. There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke doesn't tell us about Jesus being nailed to the cross. He simply sums it up that he was crucified. He also tells us that there were two others, two criminals, who were crucified with him. As we deal with this passage of Scripture, there are many things that we need to focus on, that we need to highlight. One, Jesus is crucified in the center. One criminal is on his right hand the other is on his left. And as Luke gives his account of the crucifixion, he does so by just giving little snapshots. He tells us that Jesus said when he gets to the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. That's an amazing statement. The people that are causing Jesus so much pain, who have clearly aligned themselves as his enemies, Jesus prays for them on the cross. We could spend a great deal of time just talking about prayer and when we should pray and how we should pray, but we simply need to emphasize here, Jesus prays for those who are hurting him, who are crucifying him on the cross. That shows his tremendous love and heart for sinners, and we need to be thankful for that. It also sets an example for each one of us that rather than cry out for vengeance or seek retribution, we need to pray for our enemies. We need to love them. We need to recognize that they don't know what they're doing. And that's what Jesus says. They really don't understand what they're doing. They don't understand that he's the Messiah. They don't understand what part they're playing in God's divine plan. They don't know what they do. And we're told on in 34, and they divided his garments by lot. That's a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. And while they were dividing his garments, the people were standing by and looking on And the rulers, even the rulers, Luke says, sneered at him. (laughs) They're mocking him. They're saying he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. But the very point here is he had saved others and he didn't come to save himself, but he came to save others still by dying on the cross. But they didn't understand it, which is exactly what Jesus says in his prayer. They do not know what they do. They didn't get it. The religious leaders, the rulers of the people, the experts in the scriptures didn't understand. 
I think that's a reason why you and I need to pause and think that maybe we don't always understand the things we think we do in the Bible. We need to proceed with caution. In verse 36, it says, The soldiers, the Roman soldiers, also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine or vinegar, and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Over and over again, this element of save yourself, save yourself comes up. And Jesus is saving, but not himself. He's sacrificing himself for the salvation of others. Verse 38 tells us there's an inscription also written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. In the three dominant languages of the day, this is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him and said, If you are Christ, save yourself and us. Do you see that again? Save yourself, save yourself. Can he save himself? If you're the Christ, prove it. Save yourself and us. This criminal doesn't care anything about Jesus saving himself. He just wants to be saved from the horrible death of the cross. So as Jesus is mocked and ridiculed while dying on the cross, as if dying on the cross wasn't enough, all of these accusations, all of these things are taking place. We're told in verse 40, But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. While suffering and hanging on a cross, experiencing one of the greatest agonies any criminal can experience, this criminal rebukes the other criminal. He hollers across Jesus to the other criminal and rebukes him. What an amazing thing. What a time to do the right thing. Now, this wasn't a good person. This was a criminal. Earlier in the crucifixion, he too was mocking Jesus, according to other Gospels. But now he has a change of heart. Now time has passed on the cross. He has witnessed Jesus, and he recognizes Jesus is innocent. He's not a criminal. He has no reason to be there, even though he confesses that he and the other criminal deserve to be there. And then we're told one of the more amazing things in the passage. This individual in verse 42 says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This individual cries out to Jesus for mercy on the cross. He could have cried out to the religious leaders or to the Roman people, the soldiers, and they would not have given him any mercy whatsoever. He deserved to die on that cross. He deserved his condemnation. And yet he cries out to Jesus, the one who said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He cries out to Jesus for mercy. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what does Jesus do? We know. Verse 43. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This individual, a sinner, dying on the cross justly, He receives pardon from Jesus. He receives salvation. Because while hanging on the cross, dying for our sins, the Lord Jesus Christ takes time to show compassion, to show understanding toward the people, to convey his love and devotion to God and his redemptive plan, and to pardon this individual from their sins. This person is going to die on the cross. But this person is not going to spend eternity in hell. Why? Because he prayed the sinner's prayer? No. Because he went to church? No. 
because he'd been baptized? No, but simply because whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus does. He says, assuredly, I assure you, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, that's a promise Christians need to hang on to. This is a picture we need to burn into our hearts and minds because Jesus desires to save. The Father desires to save. We sometimes come to this mindset that certain people can't be saved. Who would have ever thought a thief on the cross could be saved? But he was. Praise the Lord. These things are important for us to etch into our minds. There's no way in a 10 or 15 minute devotion in the morning we can really meditate on these things and ponder these things and burn these things into our hearts. We need to spend time and linger here along with Matthew and Mark and John. Look at the cross. Look what happens. We need to think about the Savior, his love, his mercy, his grace. We need to think about the Father, his demand for righteous judgment, and how he put that, placed that on the Lord Jesus Christ, his lamb, his sacrifice for us. And if we can be forgiven, so can so many other people. And we need to share the gospel and we need to work and pray toward that end. But we also need to make sure the gospel is the gospel. Praise the Lord God made it so simple. Repent, turn from your sin, cry out to Jesus, and you'll be saved. He says, Lord, if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, he says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Isn't that our prayer? Isn't that our hope? Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage. And we ask, Father, that you would just guide us. Guide us in understanding the truths of your word. Guide us in understanding better the person and work of our Savior, Jesus Christ, his lordship, his calling, his desire for us, not only to save, but to sanctify. Give us a heart of compassion and mercy and grace toward others who need to hear the gospel. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.